0: This is Collins and Shoe, the podcast, episode 411, for the week of September 4th, 2016. Hey! Welcome to KonZenshu, the podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site KonZenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. What's up? It's Mike. Vegito EX is a name I sometimes go by. Coming at you for episode 411 of our podcast. Been off a couple weeks, but we are kicking into high gear here in podcast season again. Man, there are so many things on deck, Uh, regular episodes, and actually bonus episode content coming your way this week. I'm kind of a manic recording schedule over this next week here, so I'm excited that there's a lot of good content coming your way. This episode is primarily going to just... Be me talking to myself talking at you all Uh, i've only done this a couple times before but some of the project stuff i've been working on uh, didn't quite launch when i wanted it to and that's all on me uh, because i kept finding more content i wanted to put into it before it launched (laughs) so that's totally on me uh making false promises yet again by the time you hear this episode though it will probably be launching within the next 24 hours if it's not already up. So that is an important thing, an exciting thing to look forward to on the website, www.kanzenshuu.com. That being said, what is on deck for this here episode instead of what will likely be next week when I talk about that new section? This week, before the real topic, I have a mini topic for you, Some stitching things together. Our buddy AJ joined me to talk about the animation, very specifically the animation in Dragon Ball Super episode 57 that has been the talk of the town lately and I wanted to address it here on the show so you can look forward to that then after that we'll jump into the main topic just me talking about a subject that I don't like and I think that's important every once in a while for me to get out of my comfort zone uh and do a little real talk here say where i'm coming from why i'm coming from that perspective of not enjoying a topic in dragon ball you'll notice here on the podcast we try to keep things very positive very uplifting uh sure we're critical i I think we're very critical at uh the necessary points but we generally don't talk about things we don't like because i don't think it's that exciting to hear people talk shit about things that they don't like i think that's that's very self serving as a topic. Yeah, I'm going to do that this episode. <laughs> this week, I'm talking about strength debates in Dragon Ball. It's something that's uh, been on my mind for a, a very long time. We have addressed it here on the podcast before about why someone might be into that. I really do think we're coming to a cultural head here, though, with the way that strength debates are handled online and uh what that community is and what it's doing to fandom i have a hypothesis that i'm gonna toss out there this episode and that it's actually harmful to not just your fandom but the greater fandom and that's gonna be our topic i have uh, a lot of good feedback from lots of you out there that i'm gonna pull in and um it's just gonna be me talking but i'm gonna have a discussion with you based on your feedback so i'm actually really excited to go through it i've outlined a good deal of what i want to talk about the stuff that you all have to say uh I think it was- I think it's going to counter me quite a, a good bit here. So that is what is on deck this episode. Again, I'm pretty excited for it. I'm excited for all the extra content that's going to be coming in your ears over the next couple of weeks. So without further ado, let's forget about news. It's been pretty light. You got Digest Edition stuff coming out. Dragon Ball Fusions has been selling well. Maybe Fusions is going to come out here internationally. We got that Brazilian rating. I'm looking forward to maybe what might happen with that, uh, and we're going to have have our fusions final review over the next couple weeks jake and i uh wrapped up the game we'll talk about that so again without any further ado let's do our first mini topic and then we'll go to the big topic so introducing myself and aj talking about animation yay it's very rare that we break in before an actual topic in the episode to have a mini topic that is recorded separately from the topic and the rest of the episode but i felt like doing it and it's my damn show so i can do whatever i want here on the podcast and that's what i'm doing this week Uh, especially because it's been a while since we had an episode and dragon ball super is going strong there's so much discussion to have about it uh i'm of the mind that i don't want to say it's irresponsible to do one-off episode reviews and commentaries i just don't think it's uh As appropriate as uh, a lot of other online media leads you to believe, especially Dragon Ball something um, that's a serialized series, that's an ongoing story. I'm not so sure how much one episode at a time and commentary on that uh, really brings to the table. But this episode, the most recent episode, 57 of Dragon Ball Super, got a lot of people talking, including the folks in this here house. Uh, But one of those folks isn't here. That's too bad. So I brought on a more different folk. AJ, hi, you're across an ocean. Hi, I'm a very, very different person. Very different person. Talk to me about Dragon Ball Super. So episode 57 aired this weekend in Japan. You had been looking forward to this episode for a while. So give me like that high level overview of why you are so hyped for this one. Well,
1: see, it's here's the thing. I was like sort of hyped for it, but also not. So back in July, Naotoshi Shida, who delivered sort of the big scene in this episode that we'll talk about later, he tweeted that he was going to be working on Super in some capacity. And he's he's worked on the series before. He did a couple of storyboards way back when. I think he, he left the series at episode 22 and went and did a little One Piece stuff, did the latest film and the latest special. And so seeing this, we weren't really sure what was going to happen. We, we didn't know, you know, is this going to be another storyboard? Is he going to actually animate or, or what's going on? Um, and so when the the f special was announced everyone was a bit panicked they thought oh no, oh no going to yeah ah oh, is it is it going to be wasted on this film and there was a, there was a brief moment where we thought he was because um an animator who's who's been called mini shida in the past year takahashi popped up and yeah mini heart attacks all around but luckily he was on this episode and that is exciting especially considering the uh, supervisor that he was coupled with.
0: All right, well, what is it about that combination? What do you think, uh, before we get into the content of the episode, when you see those names together, uh, who are those folks and what do you think that brings to the table that's different from other combos uh, and production teams we've had in the past so far?
1: So, the well, there were two supervisors for this episode. The first one was um, Yukihiro Kitano, who is inconsistent, I guess, to be kind to him. Um, he, I think he produced episode one of Super, which okay. was kind of, you know, that that looked fine. It was fine. That was yeah. all good. Yeah. And then everything since has just been kind of messy. He did the infamous episode 24, mm, which is okay. not good at all. But he was coupled with Yuichi Kurosawa, who is... Probably one of the top, if not the best, supervisor on Super. Next to Tate, so it's um, yeah, it's an exciting combination there. Especially when you see Shida popping up next to him, who's uh, exceptional.
0: So, what do you think Shida brings to the table here uh, as an animator, as a supervisor, whatever his role is? What was his role specifically on this episode?
1: So he was just a a key animator. It's rare that Shida really does much more than just pop up and blow people away with crazy animation. (laughs) He yeah, he doesn't. I don't. I mean, I'm sure he. He's probably supervised at some point in the past, but his main deal is kind of just the big sort of beloved Toei animator who just pops up, blows people away, and then disappears for a bit.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Uh, And that really is what this episode was. So we're not going to do a review of the episode like its content. I kind of don't want to really get too much into the content and the story of the episode. I really do want to focus on the uh, animation and how it was different and what really got us excited Um, leading up to this episode. I mean, you can't avoid the story of this was going. To be a fight. We knew we were getting into fight material here. Last episode left off with kind of a a nice cliffhanger with Vegeta getting stabbed. Like that shit was gonna go down this episode as Black was there, kind of on top, and Zamasu shows up at the very end. Like shit is going to go down this next episode. And it most certainly did. Um, for me, as the episode began, I kind of felt like okay, this is looking good. We got um some really nice roundhouse kicks from Goku that kind of like set the stage for me, and I felt like it immediately jumped in quality as goku was knocked down and it's this really simple but effective thing where you spin the background around as the character is falling i'm assuming that's simple i don't actually know what i'm talking about that feels like a simple thing where you can draw one background spin it around yeah, as someone's falling. It's pretty simple yeah but it, it worked really well and so at the beginning of the episode and the fight here i'm like oh all right some of the stuff it was looking pretty good.
1: Yeah. So, that, I mean, that beginning, the, the opening, as far as I'm aware, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't had like a, a proper chance to really look through the episode and work out who did what. But yeah, those yeah. sort of spinny roundhouse kicks are usually by an animator called um, Futoshi Higashide, who is kind of just a robot. I'm pretty sure he is a robot. He's <laughs> yeah. someone who, uh, I think he joined the series quite a while ago, but as of sort of, I think, episode 45, he's worked on basically every single episode. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. He's kind of just a machine and it's always good stuff. He did a, um, I don't know if you remember during that Gohan episode, there was, uh, Vegeta doing some training mm-hmm. and there was some really cool stuff going on there. That was him. Got it. And yeah, he's just he's just sort of all over this arc, and it's his touch that's kind of sort of brought the animation up a notch. He also did uh, Trunks versus Black in forty eight. He's gotcha. just a machine. He's kind of out of this world. It's all sort of really on model, but really cool, um, smooth animation. It's really nice stuff. Yeah, and he seems to be able to just scribble it out, and it looks good.
0: There seemed to be some more of that as the episode continued on. Uh, we had Zamasu do that really cool key blast down at Goku, and Goku did these backflips at not directly toward the camera, but an angle backward the camera it was more it was simple but it looked more complicated than it probably was um then the the fight kind of breaks up for a little bit black jumps in and swipes and goku flips back and there's like a brief little pause here and you're thinking all right this is all looking good this is all really feeling good uh and where i really want to go here i think this is one of the like the two biggish scenes in the episode when trunks comes in here it's right after that great slow-mo shot of goku stuck in the middle uh kind of like turning around as he's being attacked by the two characters trunks breaks in and the way that mary and i were describing this as we were watching the episode it almost felt like 90s Z films where you have multiple characters fighting at the same time and the animation wasn't quite you know old 90s theatrical dbc quality but it was giving that feeling of oh man there's so much stuff happening at once and i'm able to keep track of it and i like where this is going
1: yeah no i mean the the art itself kawasawa just he he like like i said he draws very on model and i mean if if people know me I don't like the character designs in the show very much. Yamamura's work is not really for me. So he does draw a model and it does look a lot like uh, Yamamura's work, but he Mm -hmm. has this, he sort of changes it a little bit. Everything is a lot more angular. Yeah, Yeah. Um, his shading is really, really unique. Um, it's very, very detailed, very sort of graphic novelly at times. It looks really, really cool. But yeah, I mean the the actual storyboarding itself, um, as you were saying, like the two v two fighting and, and all that kind of stuff, the way everything was laid out was so good, so intense. I don't even know how to put it into words. Like it's I feel like such a ridiculous fanboy right now. Like I'll, Me too, will yeah, yeah. I'll type this stuff up and I'll, and I'll feel so articulate. And, I, and as soon as I start talking about it and thinking about it, I just feel myself getting so excited I can't even <laughs> put it into proper words.
0: Uh, I, I totally feel exactly the same way. Um, the episode continues. I feel like the best shot in the episode. There were a couple cuts in the action, but there was one single continuous action shot where black swings goku around trunks flies in to try and block him zamasu comes in with a slice as well and if you pay attention to it for a good few seconds there is no cut to a different angle it's all continuous motion where someone swipes in gets flung off screen as another character comes on screen and then they get knocked to a different position on screen it's not the best example but what i think of is uh the first avengers film that was really huge at the time when all those characters around new york where you know they blast off of the shield and then that character flies off to another character and it's all following from one camera angle that's what was going on in this scene here we have not had anything like that before and you just sit back and go whoa that just happened in dragon ball super is this for real
1: yeah it's insane like that that is shida in a nutshell what you just described that he loves to he loves to make great use of camera work like you say he he very rarely cuts everything just flows it's so it, like a lot of people describe animation as fluid but Shida is the definition of fluid because everything just moves like water everything's so sort of exaggerated and, and crazy it's it's so wonderful
0: that's what I was liking about it was like you are saying yeah everyone's pretty much on model but at the same time it is slightly exaggerated as those kicks are going around and I think it was last episode actually when Vegeta pulled his hand back to do that punch and it was this exaggerated pose so it's not not talking about the same episode but there's some of that that's been going on lately and I'm pretty okay with that like Dragon Ball needs some of that exaggerated impact
1: definitely I know that a lot of people have sort of grown up with with Dragon Ball and Z and GT and all of that animation is very grounded yeah yeah and I mean that's this isn't to say that the this type of animation didn't occur at the time it definitely did uh, but over the, sort of the past ten years or so, it's become really, really prevalent. Um, I mean, you see it all the time, in, in like One Punch Man, which has been something that gets brought up all the time. So right. to see that kind of stuff slipping into Super is really, really nice. I love it. Do you think
0: some of that is the uh, One Piece influence of Luffy having rubber arms <laughs> that come
1: backward? I mean, maybe, maybe with that Tarte episode, that did that, that was so exaggerated. It was almost it was almost Luffy like. But I yeah, kind yeah. of i love it i'm i'm a total unashamed fanboy of tate so he can do no wrong for me
0: so some of the other cool stuff i noticed as the episode went on we got characters specifically goku and black here uh teleporting back and forth and kicking each other i feel like we haven't had something good like that since battle of gods and sure it wasn't animated as well as it was in battle of gods but uh to have some technique involved in the fights here instead of just a brawl that was really cool uh trunks's sword getting knocked out of his hands again another simple but effective thing uh that and the time machine you mentioned weight and groundedness earlier those two things there trunks of sword being knocked out and hit into the ground and the time machine as that flies up and like pauses midair right before it disappears i felt the weight and the impact of both of those things there more than anything else in the
1: episode, really. Yeah, And I, I think what's interesting about that is is none of those things are, are particularly complex and and something that I know I complained about for so long throughout um, the, the Battle of Gods retelling and, and even all the way into the Universe 6 arc was that, you know, a- animation doesn't have to be complex to be, to feel impactful. Like There are mm-hmm. so many ways that you can work around that whether you do screen shake or whether you, you know, pull the camera really far back and sort of, you know, just Keep the details uh, loose and and just make everything feel sort of like it has force and and that wasn't really being done before. It, everything just felt kind of weird. I remember in um, episode thirty nine of the tournament, which is an episode that loads of people love, but there was a shot where um, Goku and Hit are battling it out, and it's this really like far away shot, and it just looks like these two little sort of stick figures kind of moving across the screen, and it's it's done so poorly. But then you see similar stuff like that in this episode, you and do, it's done yeah. so much better because the poses feel way more dynamic. You actually have sort of I don't know what you would call them effects coming off of, of the screen and, and the shake doesn't right, feel right. obnoxious. You know, everything sort of feels complete and and feels a lot more like what you would see in Z because Z wasn't, you know, the most well animated show in the world, but it was really, really good at uh, masking that fact.
0: Yeah, there there definitely is some good faraway shot camera work going on in this episode. Uh, one that I mentioned before was that slow turn is Goku's Uh, in between them Uh, there's another great shot Goku and Trunks back-to-back with Black and Zamasu on other side of the screen Uh, there's one it's kind of a a wonky shot it's an up close of Black as he's kind of like landed on the ground but then it zooms out and Zamasu comes on frame as well so you can kind of see the detail was lost because they then zoom it back out so it it takes you out of the moment for a little bit but then you do get that scale of the screen and these two characters and their impact on the screen there's a lot of that going on this episode and it, it just felt so good
1: yeah, no I definitely agree. I I don't know when Super will be able to top this. It it feels like such a, a miracle that this kind of thing happened. Yeah. Um because like in in the past all, the, all of the episodes that we've sort of gone wow, you know that looked really good, like your 38 or 39s or whatever and they've had like Millions of animators just to get the right. thing done. I <laughs> mean, it'll this be a, a
0: five-second cut that looks great. Like, oh man, there was a good cut to this episode. And yeah, exactly. That, that's all you can say.
1: And whereas this episode had something I don't know, like 10, 12 minutes of just non-stop good animation. Which I think, I think that's the main thing that I walked away from, sort of blown away by. Because I mean, even even in a show with a good schedule, even a show that's you know not had these issues, being able to do you know consistent animation for that long is no easy feat. Yeah. And Super Super just did it with a, a totally pretty much normal uh, number of animators. I think it was something like seven animators and then a couple of people for cleanup. It was basically a normal normal production.
0: So what is the takeaway here is, all right, our expectations just shot way the hell up. Do we need to bring them back down to, oh, right, this is Dragon Ball Super and this is a weekly schedule?
1: I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say. I think this episode probably would have benefited from all of those breaks. I feel yeah. like everything uh, got poured into this. Because I know sort of the past couple of episodes, we've all been like, oh, they've had X number of weeks to do this because of the breaks. They've had X number of weeks to do this break. Oh, like over and over and over again, we said that. Yeah. And we've not really seen the results of that until now. Um, because like last week, even though that looked good, it was, um, it definitely felt like there were, there were corners being cut and it seemed kind of rushed and there was some reused animation and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. to sort of see this episode come along and just blow everyone out the water is, is really nice to see. So I think, um, I think the next couple of episodes will probably be fine. Not anything close to this but they'll be okay and um, something that is interesting is that uh, Shida who obviously we've been praising so much he tweeted earlier that he's going to be back on Super he's been scheduled for an upcoming episode so presumably that will be the finale I was going to say
0: are we just expecting the climax
1: of this art to be him again? I mean, I hope so. I, I'm, yeah. I'm presuming so. Yeah.
0: I don't know where else to take this conversation. It really was just a chance. You know, can we just take 20 minutes to talk about how a 20 minute episode was great? Because I like, I kind of need that in my life right now, and I appreciate that you can come on here and pretty much do the exact same thing.
1: I was gonna say, I sort of, I plan to come on here and be articulate, and I've just kind of lost my mind. Just yeah. that that episode <laughs> threw me for a complete loop.
0: Yeah, it's all good. It was, I felt the exact same way. I feel like everyone else felt the exact same way. When we come back to this episode in a month, two months, uh a year, how do you think we're going to feel about it? It's tough to put it in that kind of context, though,
1: isn't it? Yeah, cuz I I mean, I've I've had instances before where sort of I've loved an episode, come back to it, and I've gone, "Eh, I mean, that was that was okay." It was yeah. another, it doesn't have that that, you know, shock anymore. Um, I mean, I think this one will hold up. I think the second half sort of towards the end, I think a lot of people when rewatching it will probably go, eh. I mean, you know, they kind of bunched everything together at the yeah. start and then it kind of, you know, yeah. peter- petered out a bit towards the end. I think maybe... That will be something that bugs people, but otherwise, I don't. I don't think there's much to really complain about here.
0: Episode fifty-seven is super. We sort of kind of reviewed an episode during its broadcast here on the podcast. That's kind of unprecedented. I do things every once in a while that I want to do when I'm by myself, and I call the shots.
1: We're real YouTubers now. Yes.
0: Yay! No, we're Godtubers. <laughs> oh, we're no. skipping over YouTube entirely, oh. going direct to GodTube. All right, AJ. Thank you, man. Anything uh, before I get ready? You, you want to
1: plug? say do whatever uh no i think that's pretty much it um yeah just thank you shida shida you're a god come back to us keep doing these things
0: So this episode, I am talking with you, at you, hopefully with you, about strength debates. If you are not in the community very deep, you probably are if you're listening to the show. And throughout this entire show, it's probably going to be me preaching to the choir. So let's set the stage there. If you're not familiar with it, strength debates, the way that I see them, is the kind of thing where it devolves, I'm going to use that word, devolves, into, well, blank could beat blank because... Blank, and that discussion can go a whole bunch of different ways. It's about the fights in the series, determining a winner, determining appropriate respective strength levels. Could X beat Y? How strong is X? These are the types of conversations and discussions I'm talking about. Now, let me be even more transparent here at the start of the discussion. Kanzenshu has one of, if not the largest collection of sourced, documented battle power information that at the Ritz. And that spans everything from the manga to the TV series, to the movies, to the guidebooks. There's also the strength checker on our forum. It's not a part of the website proper, but it is literally the most pedantic source and purposefully so a source for strength debates that's ever been created. And we're the ones who did it. Now, if you don't know what the strength checker is, it's something that Jake headed Herms uh, on our forum. It's a collection of every statement from the manga related to someone talking about how strong they are, what feats they accomplish, etc. I definitely point you to episode 386 of our podcast. Jake and I talked in depth about that forum thread. It's just a forum thread about that forum thread and the way way that he specifically translated things for it. So between the battle power guide section on the website proper, the strength checker on the forum, and I've contributed to both of those things in some ways and beyond simply being one of the four guys that runs the website. So that being said, here is my current thought, theory, hypothesis, however you want to phrase it. I, Mike Vegito EX, believe that an obsession with and a near total dedication to strength debates, and everything that comes with it. That's everything. Battle powers, scaling, multipliers. If you're in the scene, you know all those phrases. I think it's harmful, if not destructive, to at least your own fandom, if not the greater fandom. So let's begin here by saying, yes, that is completely patronizing of me to say i'll admit that right up front here i am talking from my high horse of authority here on the podcast declaring what i begrudgingly admit is a major part of fandom and i'm saying it's bad for you if not outright stupid i'll cop to it don't bother calling me out on it i recognize it i totally see what it is right there but i'm totally serious If it's not clear from what I've been doing for about 20 years here, I really, 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 really fucking love Dragon Ball. And for this discussion, I'm not going to trot out these same old tired arguments, Toriyama didn't care, so you shouldn't care either, or power levels are bullshit. We've all gone down those roads a billion times before, myself included, yourselves included. Let's try to go deeper than that here. So... What I did earlier today, actually today, I'm doing this all over the span of a day. I've been thinking about it for a while, but kind of collecting this all today, uh, partially as a panic because I didn't get around to launching what I wanted to launch as a website section for a podcast topic. So instead, Um, I asked on Twitter, kind of summing up what I just said here earlier on the podcast, quote, devoting an inordinate amount of time to an infatuation with strength scaling debates is harmful to your phantom. Your single tweet response. And we're going to get to some of those responses. At the same time, I wanted to ask in a different area. uh, Again, my Twitter followers are going to be a very self-selecting audience. I figured our forum would also be not quite as much, but kind of self-selecting because in general, I wouldn't. We do not ban power level discussions. We don't really encourage them or ask for them either. So I wanted to go to a separate place, but somewhere that I was at least entrenched enough and would feel comfortable getting a wide variety of responses. I ended up choosing the DBZ Reddit, uh, slash r slash DBZ. I've been posting there for quite some time now and super props to the mods. It is the only secondary community. And again, this is very egotistical Mike here. I admit it. Don't bother calling Me out on it, it's the only other place that I feel is kind of worth hanging out in, and uh, I I want that to be taken less as egotistical, Mike, and more as holy shit, they've done an amazing job, you should absolutely. Check it out over there. The subreddit for DBZ, I can't believe, is the quality that it is. Anyway, I asked over there a longer version of that question. And I asked for concise answers there, too, because I want to be able to talk about this on the podcast. I got some very detailed answers there as well. So I'm going to go through some of those answers along the way. But first, before we get into some of your thoughts, I wanted to kind of go through Two very key points and counterpoints to this. And that's basically the, well, I disagree with you, Mike. Here is my answer for that. And the first one I always hear, probably see this a lot. The series is literally about strength this is the central focus. And my response to that is admittedly, this is the one statement I have the least to counter with beyond, I think you're missing the forest for the trees. And what I mean by that, you've probably heard that saying before, is that, yeah, sure, the series is about dudes punching other dudes and trying to surpass each other, but rarely do the characters get lost in the minutiae of this. And when they do... It's usually a passing statement. I think the best example of that is from Resurrection F. Well, maybe if I train for four months that'll probably be enough. And there are examples throughout the series, if you think to the Cell stuff specifically, as Goku and Gohan in the Room of Spirit and Time versus Vegeta and Trunks in the Room of Spirit and Time, trying to figure out these very granular grades within Super Saiyan. There are examples of them doing it within the series, but the characters themselves don't quite get as nuanced as the fans like to do here. And the second response I've seen, it's kind of the same response, just phrased in a slightly different way, is that the strength debates are the story. And my response to that is, no, they're in service to the story dragon ball is about its world and its characters and not just their actions and here's where i want to start turning it over to some of your responses i'm going to go through a bunch on twitter first and then we'll turn it over to some of the longer answers from reddit and the first response i got i think is one that most agrees with me so that (laughs) helps it there but i think it comes off of those two answers those two rebuttals uh the best this comes from daryl Surratt over at the anime world order podcast daryl says i agree since it's An attempt to apply hard logic rules to settings that'll just reject them, should they make for a more entertaining story. And I think we're seeing that explicitly in Dragon Ball Super, where so many of what people consider rules, these hard rules and guidelines set by transformations in the previous series, they're ignoring them in surface of the series and sure i've come on here and i'll cop to it again uh, i'm going to try to admit as many things as i can throughout this discussion the explanation for how vegeta reached super saiyan blue super saiyan god super saiyan we basically did not get an answer and should we have one is that enough i don't know but the fact that he does have that now that's in service to the story and i don't need to get bogged down by the minutiae of the details would i like some of them sure i will admit every once in a while i might like some of them and i think that's one of the examples where i might be okay with that so before i read some of these next ones i don't particularly agree with the well it's dragon ball so you should just turn your brain off and accept it i think we need to be more critical of the art we consume and i think that flies in the face of a lot of what i'm talking about this episode but i i think they can work together so let me read a couple of these that i think go along with that and i'm not necessarily condemning these folks for what they saying because i do actually agree with them uh aj says consistency aj you just heard earlier consistency is important to an extent but obsessing over it will harm the pure fun of the spectacle geekdom 101 says it's just fiction and people love to dissect it does make for some fun discussions once in a while some have to let it go buddy kaiser from team four star says agreed wholeheartedly it becomes less about actual characters and more about boring statistics. And to kind of go along with that, Sean, our buddy Kaboom says, depends on if you treat it like the arbitrary trivia it is or the strict science it's not. But bad writing is still bad writing. And I think that's where I start taking issue with it. Is it truly bad writing? I... (sighs) I don't know. Is good writing an objective thing that you can say, well, if it fulfills these five criteria, it's good writing. And I think if we go back to the beginning, this is that, again, do you have to turn your brain off because it's Toriyama, is that fair to say? Well, it's Toriyama and it's Dragon Ball, so it's never going to be consistent. I think it's less that's bad writing and more you just have, have to accept the piece of art that you're consuming i don't really think i'm describing that well enough i I hope i'm conveying what i'm trying to get at here some of the folks that kind of go along with what i was talking about earlier where it's in service of the story the fights themselves are not the story mike gozar says absolutely it takes away from discussions of story progression development and characters unspoken thoughts darkest night 75 says strength scaling debates are kind of pointless yeah discussing the story benefits the fandom kind of going along with some of this ricky bear says agreed you need to keep creator intent in mind whenever any piece of art confuses you don't go mad over what it wasn't meant to be. At this point, let's take a couple comments that start turning it over to the community aspect of these discussions. So far, I've been talking very internally about how you interpret this stuff and how you then critique it as a piece of art. Elizabeth says it's only harmful when it's treated as the only way to view fandom and is used to shut down unrelated topics. Gerzo, I hope it's Gerzo, maybe Gerzo, I don't know, I'm sorry about that. I disagree. People discussing what interests them does not harm the fandom. How they conduct themselves discussing it Ken. though long time buddy demon core says overanalyze all you want As long as you're not an asshole to people that don't care, which is a lot of people. So to kind of sum up the earlier artistic side and sum up the community side, I want to wrap it up here from the Twitter responses. Again, very self-selective audience. My followers on Twitter, they happen to see it. Caleb says, if it comes to the point when you're seeing Goku and pals as numbers and not characters, then what are you even doing? I think that's a good period endpoint on how I internalized this discussion, this outlook. I think there's so much more to it, but that's going to be my conclusion. I want to hold off on that for a little bit. I want to turn it over to the responses I got on Reddit. There were a lot of them. There were so many well-written responses. Uh, major props to everyone over there that took the time to respond to this. I know it's not an easy discussion. I know it's something you can totally get lost into. I really do appreciate the time that people took over there. Some of these are very long, so I'm gonna try to paraphrase them as best I can. I'll leave a link to this in the show notes so you can read everything in full detail if you absolutely want. And I do think you should. This is some nice light reading. Um, It might actually be some heavy reading (laughs) uh, that you can tune into uh, after you're done listening to the podcast. And I apologize for butchering names. It's not easy going through uh, names that you kind of have maybe read before, but never actually tried speaking aloud. Therese27 talks about being into another series, The Wheel of Time, series, which I've heard about, but I've never actually read before. It's an epic fantasy and there's and there are these channelers who can manipulate a power that is similar to and Dragon Ball and apparently there's a big power level fandom uh, discussion community about this and what they're saying is that it's not something they were ever interested in but then after the author Robert Jordan died they spent a week digging through the author's notes in the library and they found these very extremely detailed notes from the author and how they were all so self-consistent and what they came to learn is that many fans guesses about who was stronger than who turned out to be wrong and so what they sum up with saying is that and i'll just i'll just read it here in their opinion the best thing you can do is chronicle the evidence and the inconsistencies as best you can if this annoys you personally then by all means outsource that work to someone who at least somewhat cares about it but the question of whether it's harmful to the fandom is kind of academic people are going to talk about it regardless uh and Is this that academic exercise? I don't have the qualifications to actually do that, but uh, I do think it's important to talk about this. I really like the way Agenis Agenis, um, described it here. The power level view into the series has trained a significant portion of the fan base into real life stereotypical members of the Frieza empire, where each and every individual is reduced to a floating number above their heads and any sudden changes to said numbers are met with shock and confusion. I think that's what we're constantly seeing as more and more new products come out. And that started with the new guidebooks around 2004, 2005, 2006. And it's only continued with new... Uh, movies and this new series, Dragon Ball Super here. And I always hate playing the age card, but when this stuff happens, I wonder, well, if these fans had been around during the original broadcast, would they have the same thoughts and concerns in weekly teardowns that they do now with Dragon Ball Super? Would they have done that with the DBZ? Because even if you were watching the tsunami broadcast, you only had to wait one more day. Most of the time for a new episode to air. Uh, Something I've talked about is uh, today's entertainment culture, the way they do episode reviews and reactions immediately after an episode airs. And you have these websites like the AV Club that have pioneered these episode reviews and grading them like a Walking Dead episode review. I don't know that that's appropriate to do with Dragon Ball and I think people want to do that here and I really resist it and I know that's probably working against us if we wanted to be the biggest shit ever we would do the official Kanzenju review of an episode the instant it had finished airing in Japan. But I just don't think that's right. And I think that plays into these strength debates and the endless theories that we see thrown out. And we'll come back around to theories again, I think, at some point, too. Vegito30294 says, I feel like it becomes harmful when it becomes an addiction, and when people care more about the strength debate more than the story or the series itself. Yet it all comes down to writing. But just like fighting a strong opponent, it relies on more... Than strength and then talk about how in naruto yeah there's characters that are stronger than each other but the techniques that the characters use are so much more varied than they are in dragon ball i mean if you really think about it, how many techniques do we have that aren't just the same thing they even point out the kamehameha the masenko and the garlico these are basically just the exact same attack performed by different people and they even say here back in dragon ball the fact that the dodonpa had the force of a kamehameha with the added benefit of no charge time was a game changer at that point in time in the series and yeah we have the makanko sapo that can pierce so we have the kienzan that can cut how many other attacks in the series are not just a barrage of key blasts or a strong key blast, a forceful key blast most of them are pretty much just that so talking about the community and i'm jumping down to the end of what they said here d stanley 17 i used to say that battle powers were the absolute worst thing to ever be introduced to any series ever and i still partially stand by that but they're less awful for the content in the series itself and more because they make the fan base just a more toxic place to have discussions in it's really hard to go anywhere without constantly hearing the whining of my power levels a huge list of people with their own power level charts or several hour-long videos dedicated to ripping apart someone else's power chart for how quote Stupid and inaccurate. End quote. It is somewhat ignoring the irony there, etc. And this gets into that community aspect that I really try to shy away from because I don't like shit talking any community, whether it's some other fandom or Dragon Ball or subsex of Dragon Ball fandom. I don't agree with what they all do, but I love that they all do exist, and I think it's important for us to have these varied kind of very focused areas of interest. And this is something I'm going to come around to in kind of my conclusion is, and toxic is one of the most overused in internet culture right now, but are battle power strength debates the most toxic thing we've ever had? I'd argue they are. Mozilla Velpex talks, uh again, I'm going to paraphrase and jump around a little bit, talks about coming up for theories and explanations as to why things do or do not happen. And she says that she enjoys the outer universe answers more than the in-universe answers and goes on to say, it's why I've never been a fan of strength debates. The idea that you can justify an out-of-universe decision with in-universe logic is something that feels like a bit of a stretch for me. If the author was never thinking about the reasonings behind power levels, why should we care so much? And look, I'm going to say earlier, we weren't going to go down this road, but this is someone else's words, and I think the way she wraps it up here is very important. That being said, I and again, I'm quoting, that being said, I sometimes overanalyze the series in terms of themes and character motivations, so perhaps power levels aren't too far removed from that i'm trying to figure out what the difference between the two ideas are why is one something i love doing and the other something i don't care about at all And that's something that is really important. Something I've, again, been reflecting on here on the show and for a while. Why is it that people enjoy that so much? There must be something about it that is truly interesting and engaging. And maybe it's important for me to understand that and try to get an appreciation for why that's so important to them. I don't think I can do it here with the strength of debates. But that's, again, an important thing to reflect on. And there are a lot of other great responses. And again, I I can't just have it be me reading endless responses because who knows if you even enjoy listening to me talk about this. Again, you didn't know you are getting into a a solo mic episode here. But I want people to kind of read more of these on their own as well. Where I want to take it here, and I don't want this to be or come across as picking on the Reddit community for what I'm going to talk about because I asked for it here. But I think being a place that I am not responsible for, I'm not a moderator there. I have nothing to do with it other than I hang out there sometimes. I think it's a good, a very good external example for me to use here. So even within the thread where I asked this and asked for responses, several responses to other people, I'm going to use this word again, devolve into trying to make sense of or justifying or just complaining about things like Trunks versus Black in the recent episode. So here's something where people are answering this other larger question and someone can't just have an opinion on the subject. That opinion has to be rebutted. Someone can't just leave well enough alone. Let someone have this thought, have this explanation of this larger grander almost existential question here they feel like they must get into the minutiae and you can hear me getting a little angry about it here i don't mean to but i you know, excited about the topic here they can't just leave well enough alone they have to get in to this minutiae of well this character did this and therefore this wasn't ex-. really what, like i didn't actually i know i expected it but i didn't actually expect it and i thought it was fascinating to see it play out in this fashion here with these questions. Totally separate thread has nothing to do with my question here, but also on Reddit. Someone was asking about whether or not Super has improved because they haven't watched it. I think they said something like since the Battle of God stuff, they gave up. And the top voted response at the time that I was reading it started off by saying, some things you should know. Is that anything they've said about how strong Beers is, such as the whole seven, ten, fifteen thing, Goku and Vegeta being able to take them off if they work together, etc., no longer applies. That wasn't what they asked. (laughs) But someone felt the need to talk about strength debates. Enough people agreed with this person as that being not only a valid response, but a helpful response to the question of has super improved, that that's the top response. So clearly people take issue with this stuff and they place great importance on it. Maybe I'm the only person who thinks this way, and maybe this is a losing battle, and maybe I lost this battle years ago. Uh, Kenshiro has already killed me, and I just don't realize it yet. I don't think that's the case, though, because so many of these other responses seem to agree with Mike. This is really tough, isn't it? It's really tough for me to kind of parse all of this stuff. So, let's start bringing the conversation to a close. I say we're going to start bringing it to a close. I have a bit more to say, we'll see how long it takes me to get there. I think. the overemphasis and the vitriol that I've seen spread in the name of strength debates is unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I'm saying this as someone who was on the front line and was a teenager running his website, older teenager, but a teenager nonetheless, in 1999 when Funimation season three came out. I just keep trying to put myself in the shoes over and over and over and over again as someone who cares about this stuff. And I just can't do it and you're not gonna like the way I described this I can guarantee you you're not gonna like this is it because I know too much is it because I've been exposed to too much am i just patronizing you again here I really really honestly do believe it I think you're missing out on so much stuff in the series yes the series begins with fights technically begins with comedy but whatever but it doesn't end with fights there's Everything in between. This is the stuff that makes the show, makes the series what it is. And not just this slideshow of stick figures fighting each other. There's more to the panel composition. uh, The weight of the pen as Toriyama draws these panels. The change in tone and dialogue as characters have conversations. The way it was turned into an animated series. The time that they did it. The way that they did it. The methods they used to construct it. The people behind this adaptation. The trials. The tribulations they went through. The conversations they had about making the series it's my belief that there's just so much other stuff out there that you can argue about that it kind of hurts my soul to see people get so fed up and angry and i'm gonna say over involved with these strength debates they get so wrapped up in the minutia of these numbers and equations and i'm just like you don't Have to be angry about this series. Again, yes, you can be critical of the series. I encourage you to be critical of the series. I'm not asking you, nor would I ever demand you just lap up whatever in the name of loving Dragon Ball. I'm not saying that. And one thing to keep in mind, and this is what gives me hope, is that I think it's all too easy to pigeonhole someone into this neat little category. Like this person, they only care about strength debates the reality of the situation? Really? That's probably not true. People do it all the time with me. Like if you know me as that guy that runs the Dragon Ball website, how easy would it be to say, well, that person's life revolves exclusively around Dragon Ball. That's a really unhealthy life to live. It's not fair of you to say that. So in no way is it fair for me to say, well, that person there, they're doing that with strength debates and that's just wrong. So, where am I going here? We've gone a long way around, in and out. I've basically condemned people for something that they enjoy and possibly brings them joy, but I don't see the joy in it. I would love someone to show me the joy in it. And this is very hypocritical because as I look at my raw recording, I'm going on like 40 minutes for for whatever I've been doing here. Is there, again, this is not fair of me to ask. Is there a short answer, an example, a community, a post, a video, an essay, a book, an article? Is there something anywhere that shows the unadulterated joy of strength debates in Dragon Ball? I've tried to look, maybe because I'm just blinded by this subject matter, I've never been able to find it. If you can think of anything like this, show me, because I want to have faith. I do have faith. I absolutely have faith in it. And my ask for people, as someone who came into this franchise and got very angry for a period of time and spouted my own vitriol at people, uh, warranted and unwarranted at the time, you know. You never say things you don't actually mean. There's always some truth behind what you say. And I stand by a lot of the things that I said in 1999. I hope I would say them in slightly different ways these days. I really do. I, I think there's probably something very interesting about this subject matter, the strength debates. Right now, I'm asking you, reconsider the way that you approach it, if you're into it. You need to set an example for what you want to see. And I worry that people think what everyone wants to see is, I'm an asshole about this. I know so much. Won't that be so cute and clever to read? And take it from someone who's been doing this for a while and went through that. It's not. It's not cute. It's not clever. It's groan-inducing, and that's not what I want Dragon Ball to be. This has become such a huge subcircle of the fandom. It's what a lot of people see when they approach it coming in from other geekeries, and I'm really worried that that sets Dragon Ball in a bad light. I think there's so much awesome stuff for this franchise. Consider how you paint it for people. Um, Dragon Ball isn't your special snowflake child anymore. It's a mainstream success, but there's always new people that can be brought into the fold. And Dragon Ball isn't going to sustain itself on old fans. This is something we've talked about with the way that Toei handles the show. And we have critiques of the way that Toei and Shueisha handle the Dragon Ball franchise, but they always talk about it in their investor reports that the way that they're going to do it is they need to indoctrinate a new audience to Dragon Ball because you cannot rely on selling nostalgia to the same audience decade after decade after decade. There's got to be new blood coming in. This is very selfish of me. I don't want the new blood coming into Dragon Ball being the vitriolic strength debate, folks. I want them to be well-rounded fans that can enjoy that. And I hope they do. I I truly hope they do. But I want them to love the series and everything that goes into the series. And that's everything, not just the strength debates. So that is my topic. I talked to myself for a while. Uh, I hope the sincerity comes across here because i know it's really easy to take everything i said out of context and probably in context and flip it on its head and make it look really bad and you're probably going to do that that's okay you know i've been through this again been doing this a long time i've seen everything there is to see but i hope if i'm not just preaching to the choir maybe i've connected with just one person out there uh, reconsider how you approach your fandom to this series i think there's so much out there for us as a wise man once sang a head that's empty is easier to stuff with dreams corny cheesy i know i said it too bad this was episode 411 of our podcast i don't know how this is going to turn out this is either the best episode ever or the worst episode ever and i need to fire myself it's not going to happen but uh we will have returning other voices next episode. I guarantee you there will be someone to counterbalance me and put me in my place. We need that. I have been Mike Michito EX. I am one of the four folks that runs Kanzenchu. www.kanzenshuu.com That is Kanzenchu.com You can get all the social media. The website is the central Focus there. Again, this is 4.11. I will see you next time here on the show for 4.12. You will be seeing a new website section in the meantime between podcast episodes. You might even have a bonus episode in the feed right before or right after the next episode. So much to look forward to. Thank you for sticking it out as long as you did here. Talk to you next time. Thanks.